just uh, great to be here again at Refresh. I know that as I see some of you walk in, you go, <sighs> just, uh, I hope that sits with you nicely. This is the time that um, we thank Craig especially for pointing us to God and seeing that that's where our identity is. And now I get to do something which some of you will be very uncomfortable with. I get you to point to yourselves and to each other. And I think that it's very hard for us as couples to actually concentrate on ourselves. We think, oh, you know, we should be fine. But that's what Refresh is about. So we don't apologise for the fact that we talk about you now and you talk to each other as couples. And our brief has been always to be very practical, to uh, leave the theology and the Bible and all that stuff to you guys who are much better at it and for us to get down to the nitty-gritty. So you'll be spending some time now together talking about your marriage. Um, You'll be spending some time at your groups. So when we say group talk, can you please huddle and talk quietly as you did in the prayer so you can hear each other? And then when we get to say there will be couple time, can you just move your chairs to the side and just find a space where you can, can talk to each other? That may be outside, it may be that you just need to spread out a little bit. But um, whatever it is, you can do what's comfortable for you and we'll whistle you back if you're, uh, if you're taking too long. So we were here last year and we talked about this stool. We talked about the we at the top, the friends, the partners and the lovers and we're going to go down those levels a little bit more today. So we're talking about the top part, the we. Last year we talked about uh, remembering the we and you all got together and told your stories of how you got together. And today we're going to start by celebrating the we. Why do we do that? Because you are important. Uh, Your marriage, if it's going well, will vitalise you. And if it's not, it will drain you, suck the life out of you, spit you out and you won't do anything well. So let's celebrate the marriage that you have together. That's us, believe it or not. <laughs> that was us. That was us on our wedding day. Um, yeah, I had a hair then. Um, and um, so now what we're going to do is we're going to, you're going to talk amongst yourselves just to sort of celebrate and say, so how long have we been married and where we went on our honeymoon, etc. Now, so as an example, how long have we been married? As Scott's already said, 35 years. So it is possible <laughs> and um, where we went on our honeymoon, well, when we first got married, we didn't have a cracker. We were just totally flat broke. And um, our exciting honeymoon involved doing a drive up the coast. So we just stayed in whatever um, roadside uh, motel that we could find. And um, one of them even had bullet holes in the window. So it was, uh, it was really exciting. And we kept ourselves occupied at, at one motel particularly by diving in the pool for our wedding rings. So was it was, it was an fun. exciting time. So that was, uh, that's where we went. So what did we do on our last anniversary, Kimmy? Well, I tried to up that a little. You know, Kempsey Motel wasn't that exciting for me. <laughs> but um, we have been in the habit of celebrating our anniversary going away every, every anniversary. That's just been our thing. Um, but last year we had this magnificent um, road trip thing that you know we waited 35 years for, which was right through Italy and, and uh, Paris and London and all that sort of stuff. So I got back and we went, gee, we just had that amazing holiday. Do we really need to celebrate again? And we went, well, if we stop, we might not start again. So we just got back and I said, why don't we be tourists in Sydney? We've never been tourists in Sydney. 
So we've seen all the churches, the cathedrals in you know, Venice and, and Rome and all the rest of it. I've never, ever been into a cathedral in Sydney. So we booked into the Shangri-La. We went to St Mary's, had a look down there. We went to the Hyde Park Barracks and uh, we had a view of the harbour and we just did tourist Sydney, which was fun. So uh, we did tourists. We do Sydney like this, you know, conferences and things, but we never just gone to have fun in Sydney. And I loved it. So that was our last anniversary. So our first year of marriage. Now, as we've been working with a lot of marriage couples, we find we have a ver- variety of things where the first year is either a shocker or it's really good. Um, and if you had a shocker of a first year, that's actually doesn't really have a great impact on the, the long-term result of your marriage. But just for us, we actually had a wonderful first year of marriage. Um, we just seemed to have a great time. It was like sort of living with somebody that was your best friend. And, um, and we loved the fact that we didn't have to really get approval from anyone if we wanted to stay overnight. I remember there was one time we went down to one of Kim's friends and we were sort of chatting away and it was in Sydney and it got late and it got late and it got late and, and they said, well... Why don't you just stay the night? And we sort of went, uh, oh, we cared. <laughs> so it was, it was sort of, we didn't have to even ring and ask approval from anyone. So it was a really good time. So I think we had a great time with our first yeah, we year. We did feel a bit like kids in a candy shop, I think. Um, and I've sort of reflected on that when we've been teaching about the we, you know, the us, that um, we actually began that process a bit before. I think it helped us that we didn't leave our family homes. I was living out of home. Scott had lived out of home. So we'd already done that sort of adjustment and we'd actually joined our lives a fair bit by being in ministry together at our local church. We played in a band together so we were on stage a lot together and, um, and that helped to cement our marriage in that first year. We hit the rocks a few years after that though. <laughs> so uh, that's why we say sometimes a, a, a bit of a shock that first year that, that you sort of go, whoa, how can I live with someone else so close, you know, proximity, can rub the edges off nicely and, and can lead you into solving problems early. I think that because we had such a great first year, it was like, why does this have to end? And when it did, it was a bit of a shock. But it's interesting to talk about why, what was that first year like for you guys and, and was, it, was it great? Was it a shock mixture of both? And so we're going to get you to talk about that at your tables. Those three answers just have a bit of a turn each. I'm looking at you going probably three minutes. So go for it quickly now. Yeah, go. Go and answer those ones. Who's that? Okay. Okay, can we have you all back again now? (laughs) Good stuff. Do you know, when I, when I was growing up, my nickname was Beaky for being a sticky beak. Beaks I still get called by my brother. <laughs> so I want to know, how many rude shocks? Yeah, first year rude shocks. How many pleasant surprises? Well, I mean, probably some mixtures. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, I had a pleasant surprise. <laughs> I was married to a pleasant surprise. I was married to a rude shock. <laughs> well, and all that really shows usually is the guys are clueless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're still, we're still um, celebrating the, the us, the we, as we call it. Um, as we've been teaching Marriage Matters courses, we found that's been the most enlightening thing. It's so simple that people are actually going, oh, where are we? Oh, we're a team. 
oh, we're together on this. So celebrating that can be an important thing. But for some couples, it isn't, and every couple is unique. You just heard that Scott and I spend a, a fair bit of time celebrating every 35 years. My one regret is I didn't write down all the things we did because some of them were shocking. A tent in the rain when you're nearly nine months pregnant. Oh, <laughs> I said I we're never show doing a that a good again. Time. <laughs> <laughs> but things got better as a little bit more money trickled in. So, um, but we've always decided that was an important thing for us simply because it, it brought us back to understanding that there's a lot of stuff pulling us apart through life. There's a lot of uh, stresses, there's the kids, there's the in-laws, there's the money, there's everything that will pull us apart. And so to actually once a year go, hey, this is us and we have something to celebrate, even when it's been hard, has been a good thing. So we're going to get you to talk now as a couple um, and it's in your book on page three. Um, you're sharing a book together, um, just to talk about how you view celebrating your anniversary and the level of importance you attach, you attach to it. And there's a few discussion starters there because I know every couple's different. And it's, so it may be that your anniversary is not a big thing for you. Maybe you both forget it. Maybe you wake up the next day and go, oh, we had an anniversary, didn't we? Um, but you laugh about it and it doesn't really matter. So you're happy with that. But it may be that you today go, geez, we're getting slack with this celebrating thing. We put ourselves at the end of every to-do list. We celebrate the kids' birthdays, we celebrate their weddings, everything about them, and we never celebrate us. So that might be something you want to talk about. You might be in the third category, which is us, celebrating our anniversary is a big deal, um, and we're planning next one. So you might have fun talking about that. But I just want you to have a chance to listen to each other, uh, to hear each other out, because you may be the one that doesn't think it's a big deal and someone else might. So you get a chance to talk that through. Uh, we're going to give you about three to four minutes to do that, and I'd like you to just move your chairs a little bit away from the rest of your group and go through that on page three, couple talk one. Okay. Did that that helpful to sort of think about things for for a little time there? Now, what um, last year? One of the things we talked about was the marriage stages. So, just uh, if you can try to remember, the first stage of the marriage was the blending and nesting stage, and and I guess the simplest way to think about that one is you just. All you can do is just look at each other, just totally goo-goo eyes, and the rest of the world doesn't really exist. So that's the typecast. Maybe you weren't like that, um, but that's sort of the thing where you're, you're just looking at each other all the time, nesting, blending. And then you go to the, the self-affirming stage, which is usually a few years later, where you start, you look at each other, but you're sort of looking out occasionally and looking back. So it's sort of... You're starting to realise, hang on, I really do have a life as well and I'm starting to miss that now <laughs> and I'd just like to sort of remember what it was like. But you're still pretty glued together and you're looking out. And then you get to the collaborating stage which is pretty well like, like we're sort of standing side by side and holding hands and we're sort of going through life together. And usually that can be uh, a bit like partnership and it can be where you can be doing a lot of tag team stuff like, you know, hey, it's your turn, I'm on... And it can be particularly when you've got children. Those of you who've got children know what tag teaming is like and what the collaboration period can be like because it's very, very hectic. 
It can also be not only birthing children but birthing churches. Mm. And so if, if you're doing that sort of stuff, that can be really, really tough and you are really feeling like you're partners, you're holding hands together and you're, and you're sort of going off into life. So and that's there's sort of very the little time to do this at all, even if you feel like it. <laughs> um, and that's what Refresh is about, time to actually spend looking at each other again. Um, but we felt that perhaps um, the collaborating stage is where most of you guys are at. There are a couple after that that people like Al and Kathy and even Andrew and Kathy and us are in. But for most of you collaborating where you're just doing life and to celebrate your we, if you wait once a year and then you even forget that, there's really not much time to be cementing and celebrating. You can't just wait until the kids leave home sometimes. <laughs> so um, the fact is that the, the research on everything lately in marriage is just boils down to something very simple. Happy couples hang out. One of the things happy couples do. It's not that happy couples hang out and uh, they become happy uh, because they hang out. They actually, sorry, they are only hanging out and then becoming happy. It's just this synergy of proximity. So you might understand it if you understand friends. So you live close to friends, you spend a lot of time with these people, you just click and you get on. When they move away or you move away, you have all these ideas that we'll keep in touch and it'll be cool and we're such good friends, but you know that over time that friendship just cannot survive the day-to-day growth. You might be able to catch up. You might see the people and go, we must catch up, but you're not doing life together. In the collaborating stage, that's the danger for you, that you are so busy doing apart from hanging out together that you just catch up on life and you don't enjoy each other's company. So um, we understand that we need to spend time together and I know, because I've talked to some of you, that a lot of you do that, not at the annual anniversary, but on the weekly date, night or day. And I've got a question, nice if it works. I've talked to so many couples that try a date day or a date night and it falls by the wayside. I'd love to hear some good stories of it actually works, and I know there's some uh, that work, where you spend time away from the distractions of everything else and spend time together. But what if it doesn't? And I don't have the answers for all of you because we haven't been able to make a date night work. (laughs) We haven't been able to make a date day work. Uh, In our whole life, we've never done that. And I know some of you have, and I think it would be great for you to be able to share with each other what's worked and what hasn't. Not celebrating the big anniversary, but celebrating your togetherness week on week on week. So that's our next group talk. It's share about your efforts to do date night or date day. Are you pleased or disappointed with the results? And what can you learn from each other? So what can you give to the people at your table? Tips and techniques that's worked or share your disappointments if that's all you've got. Okay, everyone, the sticky beak that I am really wants help. <laughs> we've, uh, as I said, we've actually never nailed this date night, date day thing down. And I guess the difference being that Scott was always working all day, every day, so we didn't get any days with four kids, not many nights. But I'm guessing 
that the biggest thing is that it just doesn't happen unless it's really locked in to the calendar. Um, and so I'd just be interested, as I said, sticky beak that I am, who has made date day or date night work or how many have really had some success at least with, with that time? There's a few. Yeah. Um, anyone would be willing to just yell out how that's been good for you or... You have, Andrew? Made it work? Um, yeah, we've made it work. Yeah? Yeah, because we're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've always had a, um, a fairly... Uh, we've managed pretty well to fit Fridays as a day off. And um, because we both like surfing, it's always pretty easy to... We, I think what these guys said, um, a very helpful observation, that don't fight over what you want to do, but just do the same thing. Ah. So, so you know what you're yeah. I think that's very that's helpful. So for us, we know what we're going to do. We get up and just do it. Yeah, yeah. And you both enjoy it. That's great. So I guess fighting over what you're doing really destroys it before you start. But I also think some people feel like, does it have to be a romantic dinner, you know? And where are we going next? Or is it always a video? And so I guess that's where date nights become stressful. And, um, and so just having a plan, that's what we do, whether it's walking or surfing or whatever is, is helpful. Yeah. I think we found doing stuff together in the day there's a bit more quality to it and we do end up a bit more refreshed from it. I noticed on Saturday we're a bit more refreshed. Yeah, yeah. And you guys are lucky. You can choose a day. <laughs> um, just remember that in your congregations, a lot of the marriages are not getting any of that day time. So um, that's something to treasure and not waste, I think, the fact that you can organise your week to have some time. But don't feel the pressure of it having to be the, you know, the romantic staring in the eyes thing. Happy couples hang out doing stuff that might be even a home project if you enjoy it or a walk or, or a having to go and shop for something. As long as you're together, doing stuff together, that's quality time, that's hanging out. So choosing something that you both love is great. Sometimes it might have to be one. One likes this, one likes the other, and working that out. I hope you got tips from each other because, as I say, we're not good at this, so we can't give you the tips. I hope you got tips from each other. So let's move on. If you've got the anniversary perhaps happening well for you, the date night working well for you, it's still a matter of having some connection to celebrate you every day or at least many times through the week. And I just find these three T's just so easy to remember. They sort of summarise the, the love languages, if you've heard of those ones, by just saying, have some time to talk, touch and treat each other. So talk as in just a conversation where you're able to, to chat about what's happening in your life without it just being who's paid the bill or picked up the kids or whatever. Having some time to touch each other and that's just... Uh, like physically being near each other, just walking past each other and a tap on the shoulder or a hand holding while you're walking down the shop. So whatever it is that you're connecting in, in a, a physical way and, and, of course, treating as in, have you been thinking about me? 
at all this week is there some cute little treats often when I go out I just buy Scott a Ninish tart because he likes Ninish tarts and it's just such a simple treat it could be that you just make a cup of tea for someone when they when uh, you know wife wants a cup of tea in bed or something like that it's a treat that just cements your relationship I'm important to you I'm thinking about you and the littler the more consistent you can do it don't go for the big one because you're not going to be able to pull it off all the time. <laughs> Just that daily connection of talking, touching and treating. And this is the couple talk, the next one on page five for you guys. So if you move your chairs away and just talk about what's happened this past week, have you had time to talk, touch and treat? Chat that one through on your own. Right, we're back on again. Finishing up. I love being out here. I love seeing all the interaction, eye contact. (laughs) Still friends. (laughs) So that's the top of the stool. That's our we. That's the sense of celebrating uh, that God brought you together, that you've been together how many years, that you've gone through a lot of stuff together. That's that top celebrating perhaps once a year but celebrating yourselves your relationship weekly through your date day or date night or whatever's working for you there and then just simply try and remember those three t's you know if you're starting to feel distance it's very simple just ask yourself have we done any talking touching or treating in the last month um as a relationship counselor i don't see any couples in the room who are spending time together, celebrating their way, talking, touching and treating each other. They just don't exist. That's the simple message of just celebrating who you are as God has brought you together. Tackling your problems, of course, but this is what smooths the waters. Celebrating annually, weekly, daily. And now we're going to move on to friends. So the, back to the stool, the next one. So we're going down that leg. Okay, so next one. Scotty? Now, um, for those of you who were here last year, we talked a bit about some of the personality differences that we had. And if you remember, we, we did these uh, little uh, continuum between these things and you, and you got your little uh, initial out and you put on that whereabouts you felt you were on the continuum. So if you were messy and she's really neat... Then, then you'd graph yourself accordingly on the continuum. So that was, that was what we did last year in trying to talk about what, what we had there that were differences in relation to our personality types. And, and they're not really things that you can change a lot of the time. That's just the way you are. And you've got to work out how to live with those. And, and this year we're going to be talking about gender differences. Yeah, because as friends, we are friends with different people, obviously. But in the friends leg, what we want to understand is we're different personality-wise... But, oh, my goodness, what was God thinking? (laughs) Putting a man and a woman together. Well, he had a great idea about that because it meant we had to be self-sacrificial and understanding of someone who is so different to us. And uh, what you have is really two marriages because 
He's you're, married. He's married. And you've yeah. got, I'm married to you. Yeah, and I'm married, married to, to you. Totally different. That's why some of you can have a pleasant surprise and some of you can have a rude shock because you are married to such a different person. And Scotty and I have really struggled in a lot of areas of communication, just not understanding the differences, um, gender differences you think you would get. But I just assume that he's like me and he's assumed that I'm like him for a long time. And so we, we're going to play a few clips that some of you may have already seen from the Mark Gungor series, but we've truncated them down to some little clips on communication and the way men and women think differently. And uh, so we're going to play them for you now. And uh, then we're going to have some time to chat through. Oh, we're going to talk about this one first. Oh, is, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Oh, she's jumping ahead here. I didn't... So, so just before we get into the, some of the examples that Mark Gungor talked about, um, we've got a couple of things up there. We've got a photocopier, we've got a spare tyre, we've got a balloon, a hot air balloon, and we've got an hourglass. Now, if you were going to give a gender to any one of those ones in particular, like each one of them, so you looked at a photocopier, do you think that would be a male or female? Put a hand up. Male or female and why? And you get points for the funniest answer. <laughs> so ask the male first. Who thinks it's a male? Oh. Who thinks it's female? Hmm? Depends how complicated the machine is. <laughs> ah, depends how complicated the machine well, is. Ask a few answers. Hmm? Ask why they think it's male or female. So why do you think it's male or female, Rowan? So it's a male. It's a male. <laughs> what about who thinks it's a female? Yeah, okay. Peter? <laughs> this is no holes barred here. It's one thing and it's the other. It gets all jammed up. It gets jammed up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Photocopies are female because once they're turned off, it takes a while to warm them up again. They are an effective reproductive device if the right buttons are pushed, but they can wreak havoc if you push the wrong buttons. Pretty spot on. There you go. What about a tyre, male or female? <laughs> male. Who are you looking at, Al? <laughs> so that's a male, you reckon? Yeah, okay, we'll probably move on. Yeah. So I think they, they go bald a lot and, and quite often they're overinflated. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> so, so what about an hourglass? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's being very nice. <laughs> Any idea? No one's game to say anything there. Male or female? Come on. Quality time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good one too. Yeah, okay. We all come up with different ideas. Go on, Kimmy, what do you think it the, is? The uh, egg timer is female, pretty nasty. Over time, all the weight shifts to the bottom. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, and, what, and what about the hot air balloon, male or female? Hands up, male. Ooh. No, no one thinks, one it's, thinks male. it's male. Anyone think it's female or just nobody wants to make it 
Female. No, it's male. Hot air balloon is male because to get them to go anywhere, you have to light a fire under them. (laughs) Pretty nasty, isn't it? (laughs) Bit of fun. Okay. So back to where I jumped to the um, male and female differences in the brain. Of course, there's always gender flips on anything, but we're going to just talk about the stereotypical of which Scott and I certainly I want to start with men's brains, all right? Now, men's brains are, are very unique. Men's brains are made up of little boxes, and we have a box for everything. We've got a box for the car. We've got a box for the money. We've got a box for the job. We've got a box for you. We've got a box for the kids. We've got a box for your mother somewhere in the basement. We got, we got, we, we got boxes everywhere. And, and the rule is, the boxes don't touch. When a man discusses a particular subject, we go to that particular box, we pull that box out, we open the box, we discuss only what is in that box. All right? And, and, and then we close the box and put it away being very, very careful not to touch any other boxes. Now, women's brains are very, very different from men's brains. Women's brains are made up of a big ball of wire. And everything is connected to everything. The money's connected to the car, and the car's connected to your job, and your kids are connected to your mother, and everything's connected to everything. And it's like... It's like the internet superhighway, okay? And, and it's all driven by energy that we call emotion. It's, just, it's, it's one of the reasons why women tend to remember everything. Because if you take an event and you connect it to an emotion, it burns in your memory and you can remember it forever. The same thing happens for men. It just doesn't happen very often because, quite frankly, we don't care. (laughs) That'll do for that one. Um, Boxes. Oh, my goodness. That's been very helpful to me. Very helpful. Um, We've struggled so much over me wanting to jump topics all the time and Scott going, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? And I, I didn't really get it until he went, we saw this and we went, box. You know, we're talking about the car. Okay. But me, I'm not like that. I, I can talk about one thing that leads to the next thing that leads to the next thing. Scott gets, you get really frantic if he listens to me and my sister talk because he's going, where are you going? Where are you going? But you they, know, can, like, they can talk for an hour and a half and not finish one conversation. <laughs> and you we can interrupt one? each other and we can go off course. And, we, and so there's this sense of like, that's fine. I can handle that. But it really stresses you out, doesn't oh, it? Absolutely, totally. And I, and I find that when I'm 
like guys tend to be problem solvers. Now, this is very gender stereotypic, right? It's saying that men are like this and women are like this. Quite often you'll find that the roles are reversed, but it tends to be reversed. So if you're the one that's the ball of wire fella, don't worry, you're not a woman. It just means that you flipped and, and you probably find your wife is the box person. So, so don't sort of freak out, just interpret. <laughs> so so with, the, with the boxes, whenever I'm wanting to do something, I want to problem solve. So if we're talking about an issue, I want to fix the issue. And so therefore, don't bring up another issue while I'm fixing this one. And so I just want to talk about this box. Let's get it all out. Let's lay it down, bullet point, sort it out. Good, finish that one. Now we can talk about something else. But it doesn't seem to work that way with Kim. So Kim will start off on one topic and then she's opened up something else and then she moves on to the next thing and on to the next thing and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull her back all the time. And you do get lost. You really get I stressed get over lost. that. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I don't know where you are at any point of time. No, that's right. And what right. you're trying to achieve. Then I find, I started to work it out, I think she just likes to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it moves on. Not, not actually solving Here's things. another one that we found very helpful. The details. That's why men, a lot of men, we don't hang on to lots of details. They don't stick with us. You know, when an event happens, we just categorize it as an event. All right. Whereas women, it's not just the event, it's all the details connected with an event. A, a woman will come up to a guy and say, how was your day? And then we go to the ram and all it's there is that it was a day. <laughs> and, and we say... It was fine. <laughs> and, and she'll say, well, what happened? And, and we go to the ram and, and there's nothing there. <laughs> and we panic. And we go, nothing. But women, they, they've got all this, you know, tick 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 that's, that's why when a guy retells a story, it's usually pretty much just a bottom line kind of thing. What happened? This happened, that happened, we're done. When, when a lot of women share what happened, they relive the event <laughs> in excruciatingly painful detail. I mean, you are there. It's been another one that's tripped us up. <laughs> And I've had to learn that if I want to hear about Scott's day, it's got to be when he wants to talk about it. If I just say, how was your day, I'm going to get the fine answer. Um, and he's had to learn to give me time to go through the excruciating details at times, haven't you? There was, there was one funny circumstance happened one time where um, I was doing a lot of overseas travelling and, and Kim kept saying, I, I want to know what's happening. I want, I want to know, I want to be involved in what you're doing. And so... I thought, okay, so I'd write an email each day and I'd say, okay, so today I went up and I had this meeting with this person and, and then it was a good meeting and then we went out and we had lunch and then we did the other meeting in the afternoon and then we had a dinner that night and it was a pretty big day and I got to bed about 11 o'clock, you know, and so I'd send that email off and, and Kim had sort of, when I got back home from the trip, Kim said to me, but that's not good enough. And I go, well... What else am I supposed to say? She says, well, you didn't tell me how you felt about the day. Like, like, like was it a good day? Did you really enjoy it? And, and I, I went, okay, so the next trip I go away and I wrote back this email and says, um, it was, you know, I had breakfast and I felt it was a nice breakfast. <laughs> um, uh, 
didn't quite tick the boxes. Ooh, I don't yeah, I felt cold when I went out. That was what I meant. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So bullet points. And he's often just said to me, give me the bullet points. Give me the bullet points. I go, I don't know bullet points. I don't think in bullet points. So it's been a stress for us. And the way we've worked out it is for me to let him talk when he's ready in a car, maybe, because he's driving, he'll talk. Um, and for him also to give me some time to unravel the wire because I need that. So that's been, that's been something that we've worked at a lot. And this, this one, really, really good one too. Now this affects the way that we listen because when a man is doing something, he generally cannot hear anything. It's just true. Women are not like that. Women can be doing lots of things and holding three different conversations. Just... Now, you know, she'll walk into a room and she'll see her husband reading the newspaper. And she assumes, I multitask. Therefore, he must multitask. But he's running the newspaper reading program, and he can only run one program at a time. He's not hearing Jack. And this makes women very angry. But you just need to come over and you got to close the newspaper reading program. You got to load the listen to me program. But you got to wait a minute. He needs to reboot. I didn't know you was here. You know? You laugh, but I'm serious, girls. If you see a man doing something, unless he's wired differently, do not be giving him vital information. Because <laughs> this is a train wreck waiting to happen. You'll have this conversation again. When you swear he told you, and he swears you never told him. <laughs> you know you told him. But in his brain, you never said jack to him. <laughs> and that one's been a, a, an instant this last week where um, I told him this was a surprise dinner. We are taking someone out as a surprise. And then I see him go over and say, Hey, going to see you Thursday night. <laughs> no! <laughs> and I say, I told you. And he said, no, you didn't tell me. I said, I did. And I went through the whole conversation. I said, and remember, we were going up north. We're going to that restaurant that takes the car. Da, 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 da. And he went, oh, yeah. And you know what he said after that? And I said, so you did hear me? Yeah. But I don't really listen to you. <laughs> what do you do with that? As you can tell, we're a really close marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but why don't you listen to me? Well, it's again because I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just Kim, but, um, but, but I find that, that Kim will just talk out loud. It's as if she's talking her thoughts. So she walks around, da-la-la-la, da-la-la-la, and of course, I'm, am I supposed to be listening to this? And, and, and no, no, I'm not, you know, and then, but then she'll interrogate me on something that she's told me, that she thinks she's told me, and I, no, no, I thought you were just talking out loud. Um, one of my friends actually said, now, even when my wife talks to me, meaning to talk to me, I ignore her until she goes, why didn't you say anything? She said, oh, did you actually say, you, no, you only thought that. You never really said it. <laughs> so, 
I think he's trying to trying to make her think she's mad. But uh, but we found this with our with our stuff here is that when Kim would be talking, she'd just go through life just connecting all these dots and and all of her brain wire sort of stuff, and she'd just be talking out loud and just you know and da 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 da. And so so when Kim needs to now give me vital information, she now realizes she's got to literally say, "Now listen to me. I want to tell you something." And then she's got to wait for me because I really do have to reboot. I've really got to. Okay, now I'm ready for it. <laughs> and then she can tell me and I'm okay. That I can actually remember some of the conversations but not the detail. <laughs> so the word vital information we use now, I'm giving you vital information. And I, and I think the word to, to process what we've said, it's all very well to hear it. It's like teenage boys. They hear it but they haven't processed it. So when I tell you this is a surprise dinner, that means process it. It means don't say anything out loud. That sounds weird, doesn't it? But that's what we've got to do. And I think that um, we'll get there eventually. Um, we have really sort of run out of time. Um, but I'd like you to just chat quickly with each other. Has any of that rung true? It's on your couple talk three. Um, is that me? Yes, that's me. No, it's not. And just have a quick wrap up before um, I hand over to Scott. Guys, that's, um, that's the end of our celebrating your we, um, annually, weekly, daily, understanding the differences in gender which you will deal with through the rest of your life, communication especially. hope some of it's been helpful because you've learnt from each other as well as from our messy marriage. Um, and um, it's lunchtime, I think. Yeah, after lunch we'll be getting into partners and lovers.